What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild episode 155, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and back as usual, we've got Raffle and Corbett, my good friends and co-host. Guys, hope you guys are ready for expansion day, and Raffle, I hope you enjoyed BlizzCon. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, I've returned from venturing to the world of BlizzCon, which uh, was indeed a lot of fun. Um, appreciate you guys taking over the uh, the workload of uh, reviewing some of those cards that were revealed while, while I was there. Uh, but ready to talk about uh, the rest of the set, or the set as a whole, with you guys. Happy to be back. Yeah, it was um, actually nice to go through uh, and prepare for this podcast, and it kind of made me reassess my my feelings on the set. Um, you know, I've been looking at so many cards. We did the, the Vicious Syndicate uh, card design contest, and, and there was so much new stuff there, which was really, really cool, so I liked that. But I'm very excited to actually talk about the real cards uh, that are coming out tomorrow with you guys. Oh, but hold on, hold on. Before we do all of that, though, we have to do yes. our usual thing of talking about the old cards and recapping about our thoughts on Titans and uh, our predictions that we made there. So we spent a little time doing that. Um, I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about the meta that was when it came to Titans, because even though it was only four months ago, man, it's been a it's been a an expansion. It's been bumpy. A lot of yeah, stuff has it's happened. Been bumpy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the expansion launched, and the expansion kind of quickly settled into, uh, you know, this. You got these aggro decks of even shaman and mechs, uh, and questline druid. You had the combo decks in combo deck Probes. in in frogs yeah yeah and then you had a lot of people playing murlocs in shutterwalk shaman and uh people had finally caught on to symphony of sins being the busted card that we all called you know an expansion earlier um and abusing that with the new titan in sargeras so. yeah i was gonna say there wasn't there's maybe some mm, uh, nope. some help that came through with the uh the the new expansion as well as uh, a a buff that was required to make symphony of sins playable and then a nerf that was required that made it unplayable again. <laughs> we're, we're glossing over oh. all of that. We were right about I want to mention one. I want to mention one of them as well, is that some one of the more notable things that got, uh, you know, jump-started here was all of a sudden you could play Control Warrior. And that was weird. <laughs> like, the fact that Control Warrior was viable in Wild for the first time since 1983 was um, kind of exciting. For the first time ever, it felt like, you know. Um... And then, also, at some point in here, we also got the Caverns of Time, which was billed as a wild, or a, a twist. It was billed as no. a wild set. It was mainly uh, yeah. a twist. But what it ended up doing was screwing up wild, because it pushed Discard Warlock back into Tier 1. With well, of it also screwed up twist. It also screwed up twist. Let's not sell that either. <laughs> <laughs> I for, oh my god, that that feels like so long ago. I completely forgot about that. But how could I? Like that's a disaster. Yeah, the the chamber incident, um, or the month of chamber, uh, where it it did dominate both twist and, and wild there, uh, for a hot second. We eventually got that nerfed, uh, you know. And then about a, a half a month later, a couple weeks later, we got, as Corp called it last week, the Murloc Massacre 2023. Um, but we also had a bunch of other cards that got nerfed within that. So we had Flurgle nerfed, Scargill nerfed, Frog Shaman nerfed, uh, with Spirit of the Frog going to five mana. You also had Cabal Lackey and Shadow Essence nerfed, Auctioneer nerfed, Mech Warper ban, Tony ban. So we had a lot Tony of cards. Like it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of cards there. Um, 
one of the biggest sets of wild changes that we had in a long time, and it did pretty massively shake up uh, what we had known as the meta for for Titans. Yeah, it um, initially was really pretty well regarded in terms of the the targets that were hit. A lot of people seemed to <laughs> respond positively to the sheer numbers of it. Uh, sh Shaman mains, however, were definitely in shambles um, because of the significant hits that they took. Uh, shortly thereafter, though, everybody that wasn't playing Double Arcane Giant in their deck and Yogg-Saron um, was also in shambles. And then probably most of the people that were <laughs> playing those decks as well. Um, it, I think that what this revealed was something that we've talked about a lot, that it's easy to identify what's broken now and what like problematic interactions are now. It's not necessarily as easy to predict, unless you're Corb, um, the, what will result of making changes to those like first layer issues. Um, we, we've talked about wild being an onion before very similar to an ogre as well um in the past and like how like the consequences of peeling back those layers and i feel like that change more than any other really exposed that fact as very true it's a broken format man there's a lot of broken stuff and yeah. uh yeah i mean like i think i yeah I, I like i think i hope that this reinforced the the thought that um you know, like, if, if you want WoW to be, like, this little utopia game mode, it's, like, not really realistic. You'd have to no. kind of, uh, you know, like, it's a broken format. It is a yep. broken format. And they can fix some stuff, but they can't probably make it the fantasy that a lot of people crave because you can't go back in time. You have no. to move forward. Isn't that uh, what yeah, the cameras it, of time was, though? Going back no. in time? And, well, and we <laughs> yeah. proved that time uh, time travel shouldn't happen with the cameras of time. Yeah, that was an unsuccessful experiment, I think. Right. I think, I think the combination of those two things uh, kind of doomer-pilled me for the, the format, that this is just kind of... It's resigned to be something vaguely similar to what it is now and probably will be uh, in, in, until the end of time. There's no, like, magical... Uh, Renathal nerf slowing things down. There's no like Baron's repeat uh, where piles of cards come out. The closest we'll probably get is the first uh, week or two of this expansion because everybody's going to be playing, um, you know, right Reno piles for a while. So yeah, like that. I think that'll and it'll be a really fun week. I'm not gonna lie, but like shortly thereafter, people will probably go back. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up on the on the whole meta thing. Um. I have the Yogg incident uh, described in my notes as Yogg Lamau. Um, just that's Accurate. exactly what I wrote uh, because, lol, Yogg was was indeed one of those one of those cards. So, um, but that and there was... got changed, and and we're here where we're at now. Yeah, and there's no Flurgle talks to keep uh, Yogg's around and Giants in check. So, like, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I. Uh, my general review, I think, for this expansion period of Wild, like how the meta was affected from, you know, from the very jump or to the mini set and everything, is that this might have been the worst expansion for Wild. <laughs> um, maybe, I think Stormwind is probably the other one. I think it's like this yeah. and Stormwind are the two bottom experiences ever over the course of an entire expansion because you did just go from, I mean, the, the initial period was probably pretty cool. Uh, but as soon as the caverns of time uh, dropped, that month was ruined. And then 
the the mini set came out like a few days before the big wild like the big patch on chamber so we just pivoted right into yogstone and uh it was like back-to-back -back months of um pretty horrific gameplay which uh you know usually you only get one of those like in an expansion you, you don't usually get like back-to-back -back varying metas that are completely horrible yeah yeah it, like here's here's a good indication i've been playing uh wild streaming wild for six years now it is almost exclusively been the content that or the format that i create content around in those like six years of streaming there have been various periods where i've like tried uh you know doing a few standard decks when things are really bad i've done some twists that's effectively wild blight the expansion releases tomorrow on the 14th i've played zero games of wild so far um and and i've streamed regularly in the period of time since then i like it it, it it's a hard format to play right now yeah it describing the expansion as one of the worst is it's interesting because for me it felt like okay high of a brand new expansion oh it's all just like mechs and even shaman back downhill oh high of cameras of time wild exclusive set oh oh discard warlock oh oh no oh oh mini set and nerf to change oh Bounce oh oh, yep. oh yog oh no and and i mean now we're back on the, on the uphill new expansion surely it can't get worse right like the the whiplash of emotions uh, surely it can't be that bad. It reminds yeah. me of that that meme where people are like, it's like, no, they somehow always convince themselves that it's going to work for them, and but it never does. But it might yeah. work for us. It's like, <laughs> but there is another set coming out this like in a few, few days. Yeah, I, I think that like <laughs> early on when people are still tinkering, there will be some uh, um, some excitement still. But yeah, the uh, whiplash is a, definitely a, a good way of describing it, and and as well like. I think even if the metagame itself wasn't as bad for as long as maybe it was in Stormwind, I think the anticipation and the expectation followed by the immediate uh, disappointment is maybe what will make it worse and feel worse long-term uh, than even Stormwind. But I could be wrong. Yeah, Potentially, potentially. All right, but we can't be super doomer uh, because it's about, it's about time to laugh as we review our predictions. We made predictions... About this time, last set of uh, what the strongest cards were going to be in, in the Titans, uh, you know, metagame. And I want to just start before we get into individual predictions. When we were doing our, our reviews for all of these cards for the WoW format, there was a very popular concern among the three of us that Titans probably going to be too slow uh, for the format. Um, uh I, we I, there was concern that they might be too slow. Okay, okay. okay. I was like, I feel like I try to tell myself that the colossals were, but I don't know. I'm sure you watched Corb, the video. I think Corb was pushing back on that the most uh, of anyone. I will say, the, I, Corb was like, I, they I look slow, that. but I said the same thing about colossal minions. Yes, and I was wrong. So I will, I will say that. But w there was a worry. I'll say that they might be too slow for the format. How do you guys feel just about this card type in Wild? You know, ignore the Yogg incident because that's not a real Titan, okay? Um, but for all the original 11, how, how are we feeling about kind of the, the mechanic and the cards themselves? Um, Well, like four of them, including Yogg, saw a significant play. So, Amonthul, Golganeth, Sargeras, Yogg. I was throwing Primus in there too, so... Um, Sargeras is probably no longer as viable without the symphony interaction 
so we can swap Primus in for them. So like four and a half, four or five. Um, probably a little bit better than I gave it credit for, but like, I don't know, not format warping other than that period with uh, Sargeras and um, Golgoneth was about as strong as expected. So I think we hit that right. Um, and then we we couldn't have predicted Yogg going in. I think we would have had very different opinions uh, if we had seen Yogg. So yeah, I I think I think our assessment is reasonable. Yeah, I mean I, I think um, it continues to reinforce the idea, much like the Colossals did, uh, that mid rangey, slightly higher cost minions can actually be quite viable in Wild. They just have to be very broken um but if they are very broken you can you can get away with playing some six and seven and eight drops yeah yeah I, the format is never the format yeah the format is never as fast as people think uh in well, wild as much as people like to talk about it like you can get to the mid and late game kind of in a lot of situations especially for the format is never too fast for card single cards that swing games like <laughs> as well like you're if if you're not dead on turn seven or eight, like the the game swing that you get out of some of the those titans is going to, you know, be make it viable. All right, we'll see if that holds true with the uh, the Reno payoffs, you know, in this upcoming set. All right, so when it came to our five strongest cards from the set, the three of us uh, had three cards that can comment across all three of us. So we'll we'll lead with that. We all had Golgoneth. We all had, all had Golgoneth as one of our our five strongest, which I think we were. Pretty okay with it. Like, yeah. Criminally underplayed, I think, because a lot of bots never picked it up. So, um, Golgoneth, good card. Flash of Lightning, uh, that deck got nerfed in, in Wild, so I think we're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, good for us. And then uh, Crusader Aura was uh, the third here, as not technically a card from the set, but it came out Look, in prep. But If we hit on a Wild viable card out of all of the cards that get released, I feel like that's a win. We'll, we'll, we'll call it's not even technically a, a card from the titans expansion but like it, it underperformed our expectations for sure for sure but it's still a good card and i think a lot of the bots weren't playing that as well so i think it was underplayed in uh, mech paladin as well and probably would still see be seeing play if there was a mech warper available um in, in paladin still yeah, it's um, it's not a fail prediction by any means, but it wouldn't um, it wouldn't make it into like a redraft, right? Like the no. the GM of the team is not getting fired for this draft pick, but um, they're not getting a promotion either. Right. All right. So now we're gonna go individuals. All right. So Raffle, the two that you had different here, uh, the first one, Drone Deconstructor, which I actually think not a bad shout. That was a safe pick. Well, let's be. You can't give me too much credit. <laughs> to no, to not, be fair, no, none of the rest was... of us put it in our top five. So you got to give you a little bit of credit there. In a world where MechWarper exists, that's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, and then the other one, Awakening Tremors. So this is the one-man 100 spell that gave you three four ones. How, oh, that face. It's a really good standard card, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe not even then. <laughs> no, it's a really it's a... good arena card. It's a it's played in Beast Hunter. It's a it's pretty decent there. I feel like that's no another. Plays, right. No plays Beast Hunter, but you know it's yeah. not, not terrible. It's an okay card. Probably not in the top five of the set. All right. So, Ruffle, you happy with your your predictions? I didn't have any huge whiffs. I think so. Like that's there's no deck of chaoses in there, which I'm I'm happy about. 
Fair enough. I, I, I do not like the dig a deck of chaos, but understandable. Uh, all right, Corb, you're two here. Uh, you had Amunthul, uh, which, yeah, you're happy with yeah, that? That's a win. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty fucking happy with that one. <laughs> and then your fifth one here uh, was Ancient Totem, uh, the, the zero mana totem for you. Yeah. 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 Those, yeah. Are, those are wild viable cards. We call that a win. Like, wild gets maybe 10 viable cards <laughs> in expansion, right? Like, and unless something breaks. So I, 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 those are all hits, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, I think the Ancient Totem is kind of a little bit of a wimpy pick. Because, uh, you know, much it, like you, like, if Mechwarp is in the format, it's like, well, right. if even Shadow's in the format, then the then that's fine. But Amunthal ended up being one of the absolute best cards in Arena Priest. And I think that, you know, again, pushing back on the whole you can't play Titans. Like, I'm glad that I feel like I learned my lesson from Colossals. Yeah. Um, I do want to put out this, this note here, uh, because I went back and listened to this earlier today. So Corp <laughs> did put Flash of Lightning on his top five. But he had a very heavy caveat where he's like, I don't think that it was good enough to put in my top five. Um, he, he he put the the phrase, I almost didn't put this here. And so you you somehow were not a believer in Frog Shaman out of the three of us, which was kind of impressive. Am I not a believer if it wasn't my top five? You, you almost didn't put it in where it was like a lock for the other two. You somehow yeah, believed in it less I, than I, us. I, 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 I believe I was probably a little bit concerned about whether Frog Shaman could really be, like, that powerful. Because uh, you never quite know, like, uh, how consistent a combo we deck like that's going to be. Like, is it going to be a switcheroo? Because switcheroo, I wouldn't have done it. Because that deck I never had a high enough win rate. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was the lowest. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you, were, you still had it. Still counts. You know, still fine. Um, all right, for mine, I also had Ancient Totem. Uh, but then my... My fifth one here was Inquisitive Creation. Uh, and this is one that I'm like, I probably grade the lowest out of the three of us. I still think Inquisitive Creation is a good card, but it doesn't seem like many other people in the format are picking up on it or playing it. And so it, I don't know if it's me or the kids, but it, it's starting to feel like it might be me that's in the wrong here. Well, I mean, when people are playing Reno Piles in the next expansion, maybe they'll go for like a variety spell school Reno Pile, and then you just shove this in there and are happy about it. So maybe, maybe it just needs a little nudge like uh, Symphony of Sins, and it'll get there. I mean, it is the highest win rate card in standard Rainbow Mage, so like... I, I like the card's good. It's a, yeah. it doesn't quite have the right home in wild. So I I think it's a tiny little bit of a whiff, but not really. Like I think you can feel pretty good about this one. Yeah. For what it's worth, I played a lot of it in a lot of decks, and it always seemed good to me. It just nobody else was playing it. So I'm still high on it. I would I would pick it again. I think the card's busted. Um, shout outs to the honorable mentions that we had last time. Uh, when the uh, the last time we did one of these episodes. Uh, the shoutouts were to like Crash of Thunder. Uh, we were kind of baffled that it hit face. I don't know that it really should have, but <laughs> you know it is what it is. Uh, Imprisonator. So this is a nine mana five five. That's actually a zero mana five five in Warlock. Um, the the issue was would Questline Warlock be a viable deck? And it turns out that it's it's okay. And so zero mana five five is pretty good. Uh, Thorin. So this is the the new Overload Legendary for Frog Shaman. I don't know, Corey, you're the Frog Shaman guy. You played the most of it. How did Thorin perform? Uh, not as good as, obviously, the other two. Crash and Flash were... <laughs> Crash and Flash. Uh, those, were, those were really, really good. And Thorin was kind of maybe... Not even 100% convinced that 
was meant to be in the... I don't know. Frog Shaman still had some, like, deck-building questions right up until the very end, I think. Until it died. Um, and then and then we get to two really cope picks here. Uh, we had <laughs> Cultivation. Uh, so this is the eight-mana spell that gave all your minions plus two, plus two that cost one less for each treant that you summoned. Um, Bald. Okay, that, was, that was all three of us were okay with that cultivation in there um and then i think corbin and i got super omega baited during the theater crafting stream because <laughs> we had automaton as uh <laughs> one of ours i don't even know what cards you're talking about oh automaton. yeah Pogo oh Priest. yeah yeah and it, but it did pop yeah. off in that theater crafting stream it did it, we, we it had so a few cool. moments it had to it, be buffed it, it was better th- okay it was between where you guys rated it and where I rated it. So it it, it made a deck in wild, sort of. D- did it, though? Uh, <laughs> are you the one? It had a cute interaction with Confused. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, we... The Confused interaction just uh, completely swayed me. Once I realized I had a two-mana deal, like 16, I was over. But yeah, uh, those were our predictions for Titans. If we could go back and, and give our top five most powerful today, like what would you guys say were the top five powerful cards from Titans? And I'm putting you a little bit on the spot because this is not part of the homework assignment. Um, yeah, and I, I struggle to remember like which cards were in the mini set and like which cards were in the actual set. But um, I don't know. Uh, Titans. I think we would repeat uh, the Flash. I think that's safe. But- Let's go, like, some of the ones we didn't mention, let's go with Odin. Yeah. Mm, that I think that was our like, big yeah. yeah, Odin, um, Gear Shift. None of us had Gear Shift. I, I think that's a pretty... Uh, pretty big miss. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty notable one. Um, Craftsman, Hammer, and Seedling have to be buffed. Uh, obviously, they ended up strong, seeing a lot of play now, but that it wasn't how they started. Um... I don't know. I think those are the two. I think those are the two big ones. Uh, the, as I'm like kind of glancing through things right now. Yeah, I would say Gear Shift and Odin were uh, the two. And then, do you think you just I had like Flash of Creation onto there, Golgoneth onto there, um, like pretty safe? Well, I mean, we had we had those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like today if we put a top five list out for the top five strongest. Oh, currently, um, yeah. I don't know. Probably like a month old Golgoneth. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Those are, those are probably some of the big ones. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to talk about let's bad ones? Let's do it. You guys ready? Let's All get right. it. So, I think so. Let's, uh, let's hop right into the predictions here. We always start with our uh, five cards that we're the most excited to play with, our five favorite cards from the set. Um, and so, Ruffle, we always start with you, as is tradition. Take it away. Your five favorite cards from the set. Oh, it puts a lot of pressure on me. Uh, first set, or first, uh, well, it is a set, uh, a duo, in fact, is, uh, Ma and Pa. There is (laughs) nothing I love more in Hearthstone than raising my health total beyond what it's supposed to be. Vampiric, uh, Blood is one of my favorite cards, and now I get to do that in Rainbow Death Knight, and I get to consistently get disappointed that my opponent kills the minion before it does anything other than gaming corpses. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, next up, a uh, Velorock Windblade, the Transformy Burgle Rogue card. It's like Shaku, but more fun uh, because you always get at least one attack and that attack can go face. So that's sweet. Um, and it gets some cost reduction. This is like 
this is like a burgle card that makes you happy you're playing a burgle deck finally <laughs> like and that's those are hard to come by um third i have gunslinger kurtris um i like disruption i like um the animation that it comes with i played him on curve in the theory crafting and got my opponent's kurtris that they stole from me as a priest and it was one of the most satisfying things i've done in a theory crafting stream so that was awesome fourth i have uh Riastraza. i think that uh generating infinite value is what i want to do in wild hearthstone and what i want to do in reno decks in particular um i think it's unlikely i'll be allowed to for very long but like I mean, if there's a class to do it in, it's Druid, right? You have infinite mana, you have infinite health, so might as well. Um, so it, she was pretty fun in the um, in the theory crafting. I was pretty limited by the fact that I only had 10 mana crystals, uh, which is weird when playing Druid, but still a fun card. And then fifth, uh, because I do love my Reno piles, generating infinite value, Spirit of the Badlands. Reno Paladin is already just a pile of bad minions, so, so like, why not throw another bad minion into that that generates you more bad minions that you can just continue plopping onto the board until uh, the opponent just kind of dies? That's that's how I like to play Hearthstone. Not too bad. Uh, I have a very significant overlap uh, with our cards here, so I, I, I approve. I approve. All right, Corb, up to you. What are your five favorite cards from the set? Uh, yeah, I also had Riastraza. I, I think it's very fun, and I'm always such a big fan of dragons, so uh, skip over that one a bit. But the others I had, um, I had Showdown. The uh, the Paladin spell, the two mana that summons minions to both sides of the board. I just think it's, like, very... Um, I don't know, like, it opens up a lot of deck-building possibilities. Like, it's such a cool card to me, so I really like uh, all the options it can give. Um, so I'm excited for that one i don't know how good it'll be but i think it's cool uh blind eye sharpshooter this is a flame waker attached to a luna i have been waiting for a card like this <laughs> uh i mean like do i need to go on there's <laughs> the apm mage fanboy um i also had a bartender bot uh bob I, I think bob like i like the name i like the art i i think the effect is very satisfying uh and you know it's kind of just cool being able to put that outcast card to the left so i don't know i i just really like him and the last one i had uh i don't even like it that much but i i feel like i have to go down swinging defending it uh camouflage mount uh all the haters are wrong camouflage mount is the nuts it's the best card in the history of hearthstone uh broken op uh and i won't hear any of your disagreements all right, so clipped. Uh, make that your new, you know, donation alert and everything like that. Um, yeah, never gonna let you forget it. Uh, also, I, I think well, I'm gonna rat ourselves out a little bit here. We we did play a little bit of wild during the theorcraft stream, and guys, this uh, blind eye sharpshooter card that that Corb was talking about, guys, uh, the card's gross. The the deck is seems strong, and I'm very scared and scarred by this card already, and the set hasn't even come out, so. Um, I'm surprised he said it here and not in his strongest cards, but... Uh, well, it might make it a birth. We'll see. <laughs> he, he did go pew pew on turn four very often, and it was kind of spooky. So, all right. Yours me out. Go on. My Take it away. All right. I also had Ray Estraza. That's making a, an appearance on all three of our lists here. Dragons and Reno cards. Woo. 
Um, speaking of arena cards, I also had Gunslinger Kurtris. Uh, I had the opposite uh, experience with this card, though, than Raffle uh, when he played it during the theorycrafting stream. I played it and didn't kill a single card in my opponent's hand. Um, they had, like, six cards and nothing died, and I was a little bit sad. Um, <laughs> I still think the card is strong. I think the card is sweet, and I'm going to be playing a lot of bad arena decks this set. Kurtris might be one of the reasons why. Um, the other ones, uh, I have Hi-Ho's Silverwing. It's not a super flashy card, but... I, I like my aggro decks, and I like my paladin decks, and so this card, Call to Arms hit, draws you holy spells, aka draws conviction, all that kind of good stuff. I think this card's going to be the kind of the glue uh, for a lot of the decks that I like to play personally, and so I mean, I'm a little bit excited about that, even if it doesn't end up being super busted. All right, and then my other two, you're defending your camouflage mount, I'm defending my walking mountain. Um, nine mana, 416, Mega Wind Fury, Rush, Lifesteal. I, I'm going down. I think this card is good. You guys keep bringing up this whole, uh, you know, what is the what is even the name of the card? The 5-mana 4-4, the Muck Morpher interaction. I still think even if that's the lower roll, it's still, like, a fine card. I think Walking Mountain's good. I think Big Shaman's already a good deck. And I think Walking Mountain seems like a... I'm going to be playing Walking Mountain in Big Shaman. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be either dragging down the win rate or be the guy that, like, pushes it over the top. One of the two. Um... And then last but not least, uh, Mesa Dune. Uh, so this is the Mage Elemental uh, that like or draws you an elemental and splits it into two. Specifically because of the potential interactions that it has. I know you talked about Leyline Manipulator. Um, maybe doing some dumb which things. Which works. It which, does which work. Which works, by the way. Yes, we did try that out. It works. You can do some silly things. Uh, you could also just draw your Vexless. Um to pop off with biscuits and stuff like that in your quest mage. I know I'm talking about quest mage and something that I'm excited to try, but Messadune is a weird card. It's a silly card. It also fits in the in the you know we shall not talk about it LPG Rita mage uh, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about yeah, the talking. silliness that this card can do and the the interesting things that it does for deck building. So excited to to do all of that. I know I said that about quest mage and big shamans. So who am I and what have I become? So yeah. Favorite cards. And now let's get into the judgmental picks here. Let's talk about our strongest cards. Raffle, back over to you. What do you have as your five strongest from the set? All right. I mean, start with uh, Reno, Lone Ranger. I think that uh, he, he's really strong. Yes. <laughs> like, he's uh, he's really strong in a format that already incentivizes you to play Reno a little bit more than in standard, or it has some more payoffs. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of text on him. Um, his battle cry is quite strong, and then it clears the board. I feel like a lot of people, especially maybe more casual card game players, are really fixating on the removal aspect of it, which is strong. Like, it, it removes your opponent's entire board. But it also adds a layer of, like, lethality and tempo gain in the limiting aspect of it. I feel like that may be the strongest portion of it. Um, more than like removing uninteractable components to the board is just like setting up your opponent to have a really bad turn so that you can either turn the corner to uh, finish stabilizing or just like a lot of times what it worked out for me is like I have a board now, you don't, I win the game and like you die. That's the lethality aspect of Leno, Reno Lone Ranger um, is the part that I underestimated until I played it. And then, geez, that it, like it's 
really good. So uh, that's that's number one. I, I, I get the sense that this card is not going to remain at eight mana uh, for the for the ex like life cycle of the expansion. So probably get your Reno pile games in early uh, because it may the the nerf may happen before Thanksgiving even. Um, next up, I have Feldurin the Lost, the big punchy boy or little punchy boy. Um, I think that we talked about this when it was revealed, but first of all, like Hunter gets the Reno or, or Reno Hunter gets the Reno, but also this just like fits perfectly in line with what Reno Hunter already wants to do with Dino Tamer Bran, where it's just like, it allows you to continue going face. Um, and that style of like Reno deck really plays into what I was talking about with the lethality of, uh, Reno Lone Ranger. So I feel like those cards just complement each other really well. And it's a really strong card for that deck. Um, third, I have Phi, the Setting Sun. This is the actual reason why you would want to play Dragon Druid. This card um, was strong uh, without scale of Anixia in, in Standard, just by like playing dragons on curve. And it still felt good to like even pay like four or five mana for it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll win the game for four or five mana against aggro. <laughs> like, why not? Um, so this is like the the actual payoff for, for Dragon Druid, it seems like, and will undoubtedly be uh, the reason the deck succeeds if it does. Um, fourth, I have Bob. Um, like, I think Outcast Demon Under is always close. Uh, this plays nicely with uh, Questline as well. Um, it's just a pretty solid card this is probably a, a safer pick like i don't think it'll end up necessarily being in one of the, the like the top five but it'll be a playable wild viable card and in a similar vein this is my drone deconstructor of the uh the the pick is uh sneaky snakes uh it's just a like if people start playing beast hunter they'll realize how strong it is and this will be uh you know more fuel for buzzard uh i would also like to note I didn't put it in my top five, but um, the buzzard of this expansion, Messenger Buzzard, uh, Corb was right. That card is uh, quite good, and I don't think I fully read the text to the point where, um, yeah, that card's good, <laughs> and, and I definitely <laughs> underestimated it until it was played against me, um, until I drafted it in, like, an arena run, and it was just like, wow, this card is really good, and yeah, obviously that's arena, but, like, um, I don't know. East Hunter is like a turbo arena deck anyway. So, like, yeah, it's a good card. All right, Corb, over on to you. Man, this is hard. Um, this is one of the more difficult ones for Wild. And, again, it was kind of what I was talking about at the reassess the set, is that this is a very powerful set. I think this is going to be highly impactful for Wild, uh, which I think isn't what I said Um you know, an episode or two ago, but once kind of going through and trying to pick the cards, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's some, there's some good shit in this, <laughs> in this expansion. Um, all right, but number one, uh, Reno, Lone Ranger. It says too many things. It costs too much, not enough mana. It, uh, it, it can be nerfed real quick. Um, they're going to have to fix that one. Um, I don't understand why it's released like this. It won't make it to Thanksgiving, but it is what it is. Um, next up, we have Splash... Uh, sorry, Splish, Splash Whelp. Uh, two mana Wild Growth. 
with a body. I mean, dragon druid. Pretty good. Um, yep. <laughs> Number three, Fi. Uh, yeah, the card was very powerful. Um, you know, like Ravel said, without scale of Anixia. With scale of Anixia, yeah, that card costs zero mana a lot of the time. Uh, very, very quickly, so... That card's really good. Um, number four, Thaldoran. Yep, like uh, like Rob said, I think this is probably just the default strongest Thailander payoff. Um, that isn't Reno. Obviously, I'm talking about the class ones. Uh, but I don't know. Like we've seen how good this card is when the the Demon Hunter version is in the Outcast slot, and that only goes left and right. This does everything, and it goes face. Like this card is mental. Like it's so good. So. I don't know, it's crazy. Number five, um, I was really torn here, like, on my last pick, because my heart wanted to put in Blind Eye Sharpshooter so much. I, like, that card, you can do some really insane things. I just don't have quite enough faith in the deck, uh, and whether it's better to just play a whole bunch of Brutes and Wallopers, because that's actually pretty powerful as well. Um, and so I, I couldn't quite get there. So instead... Screw it, we'll pick a third dragon. Um, let's go with the Nest Matron, the uh, zero mana three five dragon in Druid, because uh, I like the Druid set, apparently. Um, yeah, so there or, we go. Would you would you go out on Olympia to say that you're going to predict that Dragon Druid might be a good deck? I think Dragon Druid uh, might be a good deck. That would be my um, my hot take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said that Fi is coming down at zero mana, but I think it actually. It'll she'll actually come down at negative one mana because a lot of times you'll play her with a floops glorious gloop, followed by a scale, and then she'll crash into something and net you mana when you play her after she costs zero. So like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. she's especially good when you go zap into Wagrath into nourish into scale curve every game. So I've heard. Um, cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, somebody may have done that to me. Um, a couple times. Yeah. Uh, for my strongest, uh, I only wanted to pick one of the of the dragon set, um, but I could have put all, all three of them here. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I did as well. But Corb's probably correct in, in all three <laughs> in, <laughs> because Splish Splash Welp is like the only one I'm a little bit sketchy on is the uh, Nest Matron. I'm still not sold on that, but Splish Splash Man, like yeah, is not... yeah I, I got to put all any of the three down here. I ended up putting the one that's like hard for me to say. Um, in, in splish splash whelp. Um, so there, I got it. Boom. Only time I'm ever going to. Uh, but yeah, like I said, you can put any of the three dragons here. It probably would be correct. Uh, you just put the other two in the honorable mention slot. It'll be fine. Um, I had unlucky powderman slash pickaxe. Like just that. Those two cards gonna kind of push taunt warrior in a direction that it hasn't really been in wild. Don't know that it'll be good. But these are like the two reasons why it might. Right, these are the strong enough cards that might push it in in a direction, and so I had those in my strongest. I think I think they're just busted. Uh, Hero Reno card. I don't need to say anything. Um, I think it was very eloquently said by both of you guys. Uh, do a lot. I don't think I was very eloquent. The whole statement of do lot thing for less mana. I I think was very succinctly put. Cards busted. Card 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 is broken. Card does way too much. Um, I had thirsty drifter in my in my five strongest. Uh, zero mana four sixes of the taunt seem pretty good. Um, would not be surprised if this was busted. Uh, and then I think my last pick here uh, was between Furnace Fuel and Greedy Partner. Um, so Greedy Partner is the two drop that gives you a coin if you're holding another two drop, 
and furnace fuel is like the four mana when it's discarded destroyed or played uh draw two cards and i i think i might be a little bit biased of watching corb one trick questline warlock for the past like week and a half um but furnace fuel seems like a really good upgrade for a deck that's already like pretty competitively viable um and i, and I think questline players are going to enjoy the furnace fuel edition i think it's going to be a very strong card in that deck it might not be as busted on the surface as everything else that I've mentioned, but I know like we talked about with our, our Titans predictions, like strong, wild playable card, role player must mean it's like one of the stronger cards in the set. So Yeah. Alright. Yep. Those are our five favorites. We're gonna come back to it in four months and we're gonna we're gonna evaluate and judge ourselves again. Um but now that we've done that, a little bit of a step back as we end the episode. How well, are you guys feeling about I, this? Well, well, oh. I, I thought I'd flag. I thought I'd flag. Is there any other honorable mentions? You know, we do the honorable mentions. Are, are there any honorable mentions that sure, came sure. very close to making your list that you that we haven't already talked about or that didn't make it to someone else's? Yeah. So my honorable mentions, I, I ended up putting for his field, so Greedy Partner in my honorable mentions, the two other dragon cards. Um, and then I had the the one five Naga that you beat my face in with. Um, and, and that card seems pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, I was very close to putting Doc Holiday in uh, mine. Um, I think that kind of like uh, Baldurin, that just seems like a very strong <laughs> uh, card for a, a Reno deck, and the type of thing that like Reno decks oftentimes just want to like have stuff on curve, and this is like a good stuff on curve. So I think he's probably one of the stronger um, r like Highlander support. Another one I was thinking about was like smokestack uh, for the the excavate synergy. I think that it's probably something that'll look strong early in light because there's some cute combos you can do with like Bran, Zola, like even the the Brewmasters and that kind of thing. It doesn't feel like it's a um, fast enough for a while just because of the amount of setup and mana required to get there. Uh, like yeah, you can. Um, like grave defiler it and get a lot of value there but at the same time like it did happen to me in the, in the theory crafting and i wasn't playing slow decks so like maybe there's a chance I, I was just less confident in it i think people are maybe overestimating it but they're like based on what they saw in theory crafting but there's probably a deck there in both formats that's really annoying <laughs> um yeah everything uh that i kind of noted you guys either picked or like at least flagged uh the only exception was trusty companion the uh the two mana shaman buff that uh gives a minion plus oh. two plus three and then if you uh, if it's a minion tribe you draw a card um because yeah. yeah that card's going in even shaman and it's gonna be yeah. a good card in even shaman so can i can i swap out that for bartendo bot like that i i just completely <laughs> forgot that card existed i I, I repress that memory because I hate even Shaman and um, I don't want to see more of it. So, yeah, that that card is probably In top, top five. It, oh, it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. it's probably top three or four easily with the, within the set. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident in that one. Yeah. On the bright side, the bots might be slow to pick it up, so it might be a while before you see it. So I'll tweet the list out today, Meowth. I'll make sure all the bots get updated. They, it's, it's they they still take some time. Plus, my strategy of not playing a single wild game until tomorrow allows me to queue based on an MMR, so I should dodge a lot of the bots early. Until <laughs> until I have like my usual you know D five eighty eighty ninety percent win rate into Diamond Five and then immediately 
switch back to duels. Welcome to hell. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, now it's the time to take the step back. Let's think about Badlands as a whole. How excited are we uh, for Wild? I know we talked about the roller coaster that was that was Titans, um, the good and the bad. You know, showdown of the Badlands. Do we have optimism, or are we thinking more of the same? We just uh, you know get to play some of the new stuff. Um, I mean there are, there are too many to, like to Corp's point. I think people underestimated the set and continue to underestimate the set. Um, which is, I, I guess, not surprising because people do it every single expansion, especially wild players. But it is surprising that people never seem to like learn the fact that they do this every single expansion and then quickly like swap to complaining about how powerful the new cards are and how much they need to nerf. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, what do we what do we say? Like. With a new expansion, we can expect maybe two to three new decks to arise and, uh, you know, two to three existing decks to get support. Um, and I think based on... And that would be like a strong, strong set, right? Two to three new decks completely is, you know, quite a lot. Um, and I think this probably hits that. Um, I think it probably hits more like because of the existence of Reno probably hits more of like the fringe playable decks getting a bit of a boost into closer to viability. Um, and then like Dragon Druid will almost certainly be a deck uh, in addition to that. And there will probably be, you know, one or two more that that we missed as there, as there often is. And then like a lot of the Reno piles will start looking less like piles. Um, so yeah, I think, I think people are, as usual, probably underestimating the set um but like we discussed when we were going through the card ratings there are some classes that kind of feel like they're getting left out <laughs> a little bit other than just they get a neutral reno hero yeah i um i think this set is exceptionally strong i think that this is um about as powerful as it gets and as impactful as it will be uh, for Wild, um, there's probably, is not necessarily a ton of completely brand new stuff being pushed, but that's pretty rare. Like, you kind of have to get, like, questline type stuff in Stormwind to really, uh, you know, create something entirely fresh. And obviously with the Highlander mechanic, that's already something that's very ingrained uh, in, in Wild history and deck building. So it's more um, supporting fringe archetypes, like Ruffle said uh and you know a, a few upgrades for highly viable stuff like trusted companion in even shaman or like the snakes in beast hunter just like very good one two card upgrades but uh yeah exceptionally strong set um like there were 11 12 cards that i really strongly considered in my top five and then the more you guys talk the more i'm like oh yeah like i didn't even think about really like the snakes but the snakes is really busted and like kind of went through and all of a sudden i'm at like 20 25 cards that I think are going to be very, very good in wild. And that is an absurd number, uh, I think, in general, because that means that there's probably going to be more than that. Like, if I think there's 20 to 25, probably means there's more than 25. Um, and that's pretty crazy. So, very, very powerful set. Uh, I am excited to play Dragon Druid. Um, I'm not necessarily excited to play against Reno. And uh, it's definitely going to make me not want to play a lot of board centric 
stuff. But um, I like playing, you know, Druid in the greedy formats because Druid does really great at punishing other greed. Uh, so that's kind of what I did during, like, Nathria a lot of the time. And it's what I'm going to do now. And, you know, I'm going to play Aviana and Nest Matron and have infinite mana and Astaloy you a bunch. And you guys can look forward to that. Looking, looking forward to it indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think long gone are the days where we have like four or five cards from a set that were like wild, wild viable. Um, because that used to be the the attitude a long time ago, where we we were like, oh, four cards playable. That's the usual standard thing. And it feels like every set now we're getting, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty cards that are playable in wild, uh, which is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it means that it makes for for great content, right? New stuff to play, which is, I don't know. At least is me personally. I, lo- I love new stuff. I, so I mean, yeah. Just think of how much easier it is to like confidently choose a top five now, because like in the past, top, like going five for five of playable cards would be like a massive success. Now it's just like kind of a freebie. It's like, well, is your fifth one in the top? 15 or is it you know you know in the in the top 20 or 25 like so yeah i I think there's a wider uh range of cards each new expansion that uh becomes playable but that's also how we you know end up with a a wild format the way that it is right now or at least part of uh the what's uh, contributed to a wild set being where it is right now so um i don't know Uh, i like like i said i don't I don't think there's any, there's much uh, going back at, at, at this point. So it, it is what it is, and it will continue to be that way moving forward. Wild is always broken, so if it's going to be broken, I'd rather do new broken stuff. That's a fair. That's a good. Uh, that's a good assessment. Yeah. All right. So new expansion coming out tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday, uh, which means less than twenty four hours to do the new fun broken things uh, in the wild format. Uh, hopefully everybody that's listening is excited for the set uh you know we're always excited for new stuff hopefully you guys are as well uh before we go before we wrap up uh if anybody still needs cards for the new set needs some bundles we have some last minute bundles to give away um the usual thing when it comes to our giveaways standard badlands bundles uh just click the link down in the description we got those for you guys um if you're unable to get them or last second Make sure you guys check that out. We'll be pulling winners, you know, very, very soon into the new expansion. That being said, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy expansion day as well. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on this on this predictions episode. Appreciate you guys a ton. Let the people know where they can find you and your content. Uh, yeah, you can find me jamming Reno Piles uh, for the first few days of the expansion at least uh, on Twitch and YouTube at Raffle. Uh, and you can always find me, Corbett, at twitch.tv slash Corbett or Corbett Games on Twitter and YouTube. And you guys can find me at Get Me Out on all those platforms. All three of us are going to be streaming plenty of the, the new stuff uh, this week uh, over on Twitch and YouTube and stuff. So make sure you guys check that out. Hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. Let us know down in the comments what you're excited for. And we'll see you guys again next time. Later. <laughs>